It's Wednesday, August the 14th, and this is Sportsbeat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star and sponsored by Big O Tires. On today's show, Kansas beat writer Jesse Newell stops by to talk Jayhawks football and the prospects under first-year coach Les Miles. We talk about the discouraging, like the unsettled quarterback situation, and the encouraging, like the recent commitment of a four-star linebacker from Dallas. And will KU play differently on the offensive side of the ball this year? Join Jesse and me, Blair Kirkhoff, on this edition of Sportsbeat KC. Jesse Newell, the Stars Kansas Jayhawks beat writer, is with us. And I was going to introduce this segment with a line something like this, Jesse. I was going to say um, something like, The college football program that's been unsettled at quarterback for the last decade appears to be heading down a similar path to start 2019. But you beat me to the punch. That was the, <laughs> that was the lead on your story a few days ago. But it was really interesting and um, and. and I think you could have written this lead almost any time in the last few years, just just change the date. I don't know if the quality of candidates is is different or improved this year, but the fact is we're we're a little over two weeks away from the opening game and Les Miles hasn't named a starter. Should that be a is that a is that a concern thing or is is he really needing this time to identify the, the you know the right guy? I think it's a concern thing at this point. Um, and if you look at the candidates, we can go through them really quickly. We uh, will. Thomas, yeah, let's go through yeah, them. Yeah, well, Thomas McVitie is the junior college guy that they brought in. Actually, Les Miles recruited him very briefly when he was at LSU, but he started his career at Pitt, then went to junior college, was one of the top-ranked junior college quarterbacks. And if you remember, Les Miles in his first recruiting class had very few scholarships to give because of some of the things that David Beatty, his predecessor, had done with KU scholarships in terms of blue shirting or basically getting guys on campus and then giving them scholarships in advance. So with one of those precious scholarships, though, Les Miles and the staff used it on Thomas McVitie, a quarterback who's a junior college transfer who only has two years of eligibility left. So automatically you think, okay, this is a guy that they have something invested in so they most likely are going to go into the season with him as the quarterback but the fact that he hasn't won it yet and that carter stanley who just kind of remains around kansas he kind of reminds me of landon lucas bill self always had a a great line about landon lucas which is i always try to recruit over him and he's always the guy that makes sure that he's still in the starting lineup Uh, carter stanley's just been around ku forever he's limited in how he can throw it but the the teammates love him. He's a guy that will take a big hit and pop right back up. And, um, you know, it seems like he has been a guy that's been pretty good throughout the uh, the fall here. So um, the fact that this thing is still up in the air is probably not a good sign for Kansas. I think they wanted Thomas to win this job, and he hasn't. And this just seems like a never-ending cycle for KU football. They never can seem to land on a quarterback. Okay, so let, let's go back to McVitie for a second. He Mesa Junior College, right? And what was his? What was the ranking that he, he he carried that ranking? The number two was it a pro style passer out of out of junior college something something like that. Yeah, rivals number two junior college uh, quarterback pro style quarterback. Yes. So I, I think when when fans see that and um, see that attribute, they think, oh, you know, this he must be something. You know, they they must have something here. And and I do remember in the spring, Les Miles saying that uh, if there was a leader, it it was McVitie. But apparently that's that's changed, right? Uh, that has changed at the moment. 
Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, it's hard to get an indication from inside the program, and Les Miles was, as I wrote in the article, very vague about this whole situation and sometimes even confusing about it. Sometimes I don't know if it's something he's done intentionally. It seems like from his LSU past, sometimes he just kind of messes with guys and says certain things when he doesn't want to answer questions. But um, this seems like a matter of they need more time to figure out who the best guy is, and Les Miles even talked about it's trickier when you have a new offense because sometimes maybe the best guy is is not learning the offense yet, but he'll learn the offense in a few weeks, and then your best guy is going to be a different guy. But right now, they might have somebody who understands the offense and might not have the highest ceiling, but for game one and game two, which are really important in KU land because they have their two most winnable games against Indiana State and Coastal Carolina right off the top at home, uh, you might have to put in a guy that just knows the offense better, can execute those things better. So, uh, again, from front, from top to bottom, or any way you want to look at this, they seem very unsettled the position, and I think that should be unsettling for KU football fans just because we've seen how this has turned out in recent years where uh, when they've had two or three quarterbacks, that's really meant that, that they've had no quarterbacks. You know, when you talked about Carter Stanley. Um, you, you, he has been there for, for a while. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he played more in, in, in 2016 and 2017 than he did last year. Um, uh, it looked like that was uh, it, it just it maybe one start a year ago, something like that. I think he had more playing time earlier in his career than, than he did last season. Yeah, a lot like Landon Lucas. He's been the backup who never goes away, and he's always like the first article that's written when um, a, a certain quarterback starts to struggle. Is like, well, Carter Stanley's there, and and he's been a guy that's had some success in the past. Last year was sort of an interesting year for him because um, he had a really, really good game, like one of the top passing performances KU has had since Todd Reesing. And I remember writing that in a certain game. And I asked David Beatty afterwards um, about, hey, does does that mean that he's your guy moving forward? And um, David Beatty kind of hedged and was like, well, we'll see. Well, well, they'll have to compete for it over the course of the next week. And eventually he did name Carter Stanley the starter against the next game, which was at West Virginia. And that did not even last one quarter, Blair. I mean, within the first quarter, Carter Stanley was benched again after having one of the top passing performances in KU in the last decade. So whatever the case was, um, Carter Stanley was not David Beatty's guy. And as David Beatty took over the reins of the offense after firing uh, offensive coordinator Doug Meacham last year, he went back um, to uh, to not going to Carter Stanley and went with his own guy um, last year uh, instead in Peyton Bender. So uh, like you talked about, Carter Stanley had more opportunities earlier in his career. I think he was maybe more of a favorite of Doug Meacham than David Beatty's um, earlier in the time. And sometimes they were searching for some things. But um, again, a new staff, a new regime. You would think that this certain coaching staff would love to give Thomas McVitie kind of a fresh start because this whole situation seems like a fresh start. And you might not want to bring back um, a bunch of guys from the past that have uh, you know, give fans memories of other guys. But the bottom line here is it's a win-loss business. And if Carter Stanley gives KU the best chance of winning the first two games, then he should be on the football field. And it seems like, at least at this point, he's done enough during the fall here to keep his name in the discussion. And so uh, it's definitely a possibility he's the starter in Game 1 coming up against Indiana State. All right, Jesse Newell, who is Tory Lachlan? <laughs> Tory Lachlan, um, it's an... Interesting guy. He actually was part of KU's 2018 recruiting class, and because of um, some things that happened, he actually didn't show up until now, the 2019 season. Um, a former 3A state champion in the state of Texas at quarterback, known as kind of a dual threat guy, and um, Les Miles mentioned him a couple of times in his post 
scrimmage discussion on Saturday saying how he played very well. It's sort of interesting. I, I don't know what to make of it because Tory Lachlan is sort of like off the depth chart when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, and not only that, we've heard all along that Manny Miles, who is Les Miles' son, who graduate transfer from North Carolina, has been the number three quarterback throughout time. And I'll throw this in there too. Like I said, sometimes I think Les can be misleading and sometimes it might be intentionally misleading and sometimes it might be unintentionally misleading where uh, when he was giving us a practice report, he was reading off names on a sheet of paper he'd written down. So I think he was talking about Tory Lachlan when he said he was impressive. He might not have been talking about Tory Lachlan when he was talking about a quarterback being impressive. Um, but the bottom line with Tory Lachlan is he's a left-hander. Sometimes that doesn't work as well with quarterbacks because if you think about it, everything has to be done backwards you know all your main routes are going to be toward the right side instead of the left side and you kind of have to flip around your offense when you're catering with a left-handed quarterback so it gives them a little bit more of a challenge but if Les Miles wants to run a lot of RPO and run the football and physical football stuff you know it might be a guy down the line for Kansas that you could implement him and kind of like Bill Snyder has had certain success with in the past with quarterbacks that are mostly runners instead of passers you could see maybe them going to that if they decide that their identity is going to be a run first team and they like that quarterback run game. Uh, he's a guy that certainly should be able to handle the part uh, as far as the athleticism goes. His dad was a guy who used to play in the NFL. So, yeah, if that's something they want to go to, that might be an option down the line. But like I said, right now, it's just sort of interesting to try to listen to Les Miles and decipher what he means, because uh, sometimes I'm not sure if we're getting led down a road or what load, <laughs> what, what road really we should uh, believe here. But Tory Lachlan, him being mentioned twice by Les Miles, that was definitely an interesting comment. Right. His dad, dad was a tight end in the NFL. Um, okay, well, so I, I, w- I went through some, some previous years with, with Kansas, and w- one thing that occurs to me is um, I wasn't going to go through all 125, however many um, you know, FBS schools, but uh, since Todd Reesing, Kansas must, must be one of the few programs in the country that makes quarterback changes during the year uh, you know, almost every year there, there's, there's a, there's a switch and some t- merit based usually, or just trying to find a new, you know, a, a spark or s- just something better. And, and, and I, I don't, and I, and I guess I don't know less miles history with that at, at LSU, but if you just go through Kansas year by year and their passing leaders, there's always two guys that are thrown for at least 500 yards and, and, uh, you know, a few touchdowns and a few interceptions and, you go look at their starting assignments, and some, you know, both of them started at some point, and um, it would just kind of for the, you know, for the sake of the program, be nice to see somebody win the job and take it over, and and just assume that role as the as the quarterback, the leader. They've had some decent players. I mean, look at Montel Cozart and Ryan Willis went on to have you know somewhat success at other programs, but. But so many of them, you know, just were kind of always looking over their shoulder, it seemed to me, and, 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 and you know, just not knowing from week to week who was going to be the starter. And maybe, look, maybe Les Miles changes that. And maybe once he settles on, you know, McVitie or Stanley or, or whoever, that's, that's going to be the guy. But, but that's, I'll tell you what, that to me is a product of you know, losing, and, losing a lot. You, you know, you lose your second or third or fourth in a row, and it's, it seems like it's time for a change, and, and so where do you start in football? It's with the quarterback. Absolutely, Blair. You know, I wrote about this this summer and just said, hey, um, 
the easiest way for Les Miles to improve his football team is to break the quarterback curse. And um, I looked at total QBR, which is ESPN's measure of uh, quarterback play, and uh, it's pretty remarkable um, kind of how bad KU has been over time. We're talking like the stat goes back to 2004. And if you look at KU's quarterbacks, if you just look at the Big 12 quarterbacks, KU has the worst three seasons overall. They have two-thirds of the worst single-season quarterback seasons over that time with eight of 12. And they're the only Big 12 school to show up more than once in the bottom 12. So we're talking about like we're – not, we're not just saying, hey, a couple of years it's been bad. We're talking like year in, year out, they have the worst quarterback production. And listen, that's not going back all individually on these players. That goes back to scheme. That goes back to players around them. That goes back to coaching and not picking a guy, all those sorts of things. But – Listen, I mean, Blair, you're at the facility where example 1A of what a pro, what what can happen to a football team when you get the quarterback right. I mean, how much does Patrick Mahomes raise the level of the Chiefs because of what he can do? It's amazing. And so KU for so long has not gotten this position right and they can't find a guy and they can't get him comfortable and they can't have success and they can't you know they're not running with him they're not passing with him and and for whatever reason it just hasn't worked out and again this is the one sport where if Kansas could just find a quarterback and we're not even talking about like a good quarterback like if, if he was just a below average big 12 quarterback you could probably envision them having a better season but they've been scraping the bottom of the barrel with this for so long that it just doesn't give them a chance when otherwise, you know, if you have a standout offensive lineman, um, that's going to matter some, but not a whole lot in football. Or if you have a, deep, a standout linebacker, you know, it's nice. It helps you, but it's not going to win you a ton more games. If you have a standout quarterback, that really can do something because as the old cliche goes, because it's true, it is the most important position in all of sports. So I agree with you with with David Beatty. I think he really one of the things he mishandled most was his quarterback position. He tried to not not make it a story every week, and by doing that, he made it a story every week. It some, seemed like we just continually talked about the quarterbacks when that's not what he intended to do. And so I think you're right. With Les Miles, with a kind of a, a beleaguered fan base, I think the best thing he can do is once they have a guy, name him the guy. If you're going to make a change, make a change. But don't go back and forth. Don't make him compete every week because this is a fan base that has seen its fair share of bad quarterback play and its fair share of a team that has struggled because they have not been able, partly because they have not been able to figure out that one position. Yeah, and listen, if that if that chart started in 2004, that includes Todd Reesing and uh, and, and Bill Whittemore, who, who was kind of the start of the Mark Mangino era. So at least Kansas had a some had a couple of pretty good ones in in that stretch and still had so many years of of, of bad quarterback play. So okay, hey, let's uh, let's take a break. Why buy tires now? That's easy because you'll save big right now at Big O Tires. Save $100 on a set of Big O brand tires with paid installation, but only for a limited time. And when you purchase using your Big O credit card, save an additional $50 for a total savings of $150. We told you this was big. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry. Offer ends August 25th. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. 
A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, we're back with Jesse Newell, the Kansas beat writer for the Kansas City Star. And, and Jesse, um, commitments in college football are not binding. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not, you don't sign a commitment. You just say you're going and anymore you, you post it on social media. That's what Brennan Scott did here recently. Why is his commitment significant to Kansas? Well, he's a four-star guy, and if you look at the list of schools that he was considering along with Kansas, I mean, Kansas almost got laughed out of the building that he was that they were a finalist on this list. Uh, you talk about Oregon, Texas, USC were among the other finalists there, and we're talking about you know a football power, a football power, and another football power, and then Kansas, which has had basically no success in football for the, over the course of the past decade, hasn't won more than three games in a season over the past decade. So. For him to sign up, um, it continues this great recruiting run that uh, Les Miles has going on for the class of 2020. They have 24 guys, at least as right now, committed to that class, and they are bringing in a lot of three stars. He becomes the first four-star there, but it really is remarkable. Um, if we're going to talk about Les Miles and what he's done at Kansas so far, this has been the most impressive thing, is that he's been able to go into living rooms, relate to young people, get them to sign up, and get them to believe that there's a vision and a path out there for KU football to be successful. And a lot of the kudos here also go to Emmett Jones, who he's the former Texas Tech receivers coach um, that KU hired this past offseason. He's a major, major recruiting player in the Dallas Metroplex area. If you remember, KU has a four-star guy coming onto campus this year and Stephen Parker, uh, a defensive end as well, uh, or outside linebacker slash defensive end. And so uh, this pays off again. Another guy from the Dallas Metro area and Brendan Scott, who you know, basically has had people come up to him like, what did you choose Kansas for? Why are they even your finalists? And then he chose Kansas. A lot of that goes back to relationships and recruiting and the relationship that Emmett Jones builds with these kids. Um, KU really has two ace recruiters now, one Tony Hole for Louisiana and one Emmett Jones for the Dallas Metroplex area. But as you mentioned, they're going to have to continue recruiting to get these kids signed by the first early signing period. But um, KU right now is in the top 35 in both rivals and 24-7 when it comes to the team rankings. That's going to drop a little bit when it comes to recruiting rankings just because other guys will sign. But if KU hangs in the top 50 or so and is around the, the top half of the Big 12 or right around the middle of the Big 12, that's a huge accomplishment for, for a coaching staff. Again, this, this team has not won more than three games in a decade. This would be like if, I don't know, what's your equivalent, like Creighton in basketball had a top 15 recruiting class? I mean, it, it's or, or even Creighton has had more success than KU so football. Sure, I don't know. Sure. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm just pulling some random name here. Um, uh, just a team where you're like, what? How is that team doing that in recruiting when there's really nothing to recruit to? So uh, Les Miles has made something out of nothing right here, and so has Emmett Jones. So those these guys deserve a lot of credit for what KU has done in recruiting so far. Yeah, and look, you mentioned the number uh, a little while ago. They're up to, what, 23, 24 commitments, which, uh, which is terrific for, for, for the class of 2020. And, and that's, uh, I mean, I, that's, that's how, how it's done. I mean, that, that's what if you look up uh, other, other programs, major programs, and look at their commitment list, yeah, they're they're at twenty twenty five with you know with a bunch of threes and four stars by their names. Kansas has a bunch of three stars and 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 this four star player in in Brennan Scott. So 
very interesting that he um, that, that he has cast his lot with Kansas, and and like you said, we'll we'll see if he maintains the commitment for uh, to, to play at Kansas uh, starting in, in 2020. But uh, I think one thing he said, the opportunity to play right away was appealing to him, and maybe that's not what he was hearing from from some of the other schools. Hey, so. Um, Something else that you had written that, that I thought was pretty interesting was a it was a thought from Ben Miles. We talked about Manny Miles, the quarterback transferred from from North Carolina, who's now with the KU program. Ben Miles is a fullback who to started I think he started his career at Nebraska, transferred to Texas A and M, and now he's at Kansas playing for his dad. And as a fullback, that's that's a player I have not seen at Kansas for quite a while. And uh, are we going to see the fullback on the field for, for KU? And if so, what does this mean for the offense? That's the million-dollar question, Blair. And uh, it's so fascinating. I think this is the most thing the thing I'm going to be most focused on because Les Miles, for good reason, has kind of remained mum about what he wants to do offensively. But if you look at this big picture um, – Part of the reason Les Miles got released from his previous job at LSU is kind of the reputation of him falling behind when it comes to offense and uh, other teams kind of doing more innovative things. Now he's back in football and he's talked a lot about wanting to play physical football and wanting to cater to the strengths of his team. Um, and he also has a, now an offensive coordinator in Les Cunning, who kind of is a jack of all trades, has done different offenses at different places. Um, not quite like the previous one, Chip Lindsey, who accepted the Troy head coaching job, where he might have a little bit more of a voice and a little bit more to to stand on because he has his own reputation. Les Cunning has kind of been a journeyman sort of guy. How much is Les Miles going to be involved in the offense? He's an offensive guy. That's his specialty. It's sort of like David Beatty. You know, it was only a kind of a matter of time until he wanted to insert himself into it. And he sort of became the the quasi offensive coordinator for Kansas after he fired his offensive coordinator is Les Miles going to want to do the same thing for Kansas? And if so, what does that look like? And what would physical football look like for Kansas? Well, if you're KU, you know, Ben Miles coming out of college, or I'm sorry, out of high school, was the third ranked fullback in all of America. Now, that's that, that's something because, hey, not everybody has a fullback, so not many guys right. play fullback. But if you're Kansas, do you waste the third best player at his position even if it is at a weird position. You know what I mean? Like Kansas is probably in a spot where you want to use that guy if you can because you can do something a little bit different and you might not have the most talented uh, offensive linemen or receivers or we just talked about with quarterbacks. So for Kansas, what's the best path to winning? Um, I don't know, but could it be in their meetings that they're saying, we want to run the football a bunch. We want to line up with two tight ends and a fullback and a running back. Do they want to get two running backs on the field? Running back is one of the, the strongest positions that they have with Puka Williams, Khalil Herbert, uh, Dom Williams, who's a former top 10 rusher in the high school state of Texas. Uh, I don't know, but you do that. And we've seen Bill Snyder do this down the road at, at K-State where – you go 55 plays with Baylor instead of 85 plays or 55 plays with Oklahoma instead of 85 plays. And what do you know? You got a better chance of keeping it close or or having a chance to win a game at the end when you don't try to out talent the teams that you can't out talent. So will Kansas go to that style 100 percent? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see what happens. But he did uh, less miles. That is he did say that you're going to see huddles. You're going to see guys under center, and that's a lot different than most of the teams in the Big 12. So uh, I guess buckle up to see what comes out this first game. They could be doing a lot of different things. Um, will Les Miles go back to old-school, smash-mouth, physical football with Kansas? Is that the best way for them to win? I don't know that answer, but I-, I could definitely see a scenario where he comes to the conclusion that the answer to that would be yes. 
Yeah, different, not only different in the Big 12, but certainly different than what we've seen at, at Kansas in terms of uh, huddling and, and uh, you know, not getting your plays from the, you know, seeing the whole team look over at the sideline to get their play and uh, and, and go from there. But I, I think there's... I think there's merit to the idea of, of shortening the game or attempting to shorten a game, especially when they get into Big 12 play against competition that's, that's going to be their best competition. So um, can't, you're right, Kansas State has done it and, and, has, and did it so effectively, especially when Colin Klein was the quarterback. And, and even in, in later years, they, that's, that was sort of their modus operandi. When, uh, when everybody else was zigging, they zagged, and, and that – Really worked well for Kansas, Kansas State, and took the air out of games. And but they had the horses to do it. And, and isn't isn't that what it's all about? You better you better have um, you know talent up front. You better be able to you know control the line of scrimmage to some extent on the offensive side to you know for for this to work. You got to move the chains. You got to keep the clock running. And what what is it? What does the Kansas offensive line look like? Is there is there um, you know, talent up front that can make this happen? Well, that's a good question. They have a lot of experience coming back. It's one of the most experienced units, uh, and that starts with Hakeem Adeniji at left tackle. He's been the lockdown left tackle for them, you know, for basically four years now, ever since they uh, were able to sign him. So, uh, yeah, the offensive line looks like a strength. The running backs look like a strength. Now, the one thing I will say about the running backs is none of those guys are big guys, uh, if you will. You know, they're not the Jerome Bettis types that you would think could take a, a huge workload. But obviously, you got to get Puka Williams involved in the offense. Khalil Herbert is talented enough to get a bunch of carries. And Dom Williams is a great guy to have as a third running back. So they probably have more depth there than you would think. Uh, tight end, pretty shallow, probably. But again, if it's mostly blocking, you can teach guys to do that. So um, I definitely would not be out of the realm of possibility uh, for Kansas to throw a lot of different looks at teams. And if you're going big when a lot of the Big 12 defensive personnel units are having to get smaller and smaller to try to guard all these receivers around the field, uh, you could definitely see a, at least a path there for Kansas to maybe exploit some uh, disadvantages that the defenses have when they have to go against the Oklahomas and Oklahoma states and Texas of the world. Maybe Kansas can do something different and uh, try to find its own niche that way. Here we go. All right, Jesse, look, thanks for spending some time with us and talking Kansas football, and we will check in with you again soon. Sounds good, Blair. Appreciate it. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, help us out by rating and reviewing SportsBKC. We'd love to hear from you, and your review could help us reach more listeners. Thanks to producer Kathy Liu and to podcast coach Leah Becerra. This has been Sports KC, presented by the Kansas City Star and sponsored by Big O Tires. We'll be back Thursday to talk sports in Kansas City.